Hey everybody, welcome to episode number four of the Wicked Creative Collective. And I am here with our friend Adam Posner. But before we jump into that, Joe and I are deciding to do a new thing where before every episode, we talk about something that we've learned in our entrepreneurial journey this week. So like I'm, gonna let, I'm gonna let Joe take it away first. And then we are going to, uh, we're gonna have a little sharing circle here. So oh, sharing and caring. Right. Hello, collective. Um, well, I learned that it's always important to touch base with your clients constantly to see how they're doing, what their temperature is, so forth and so on, because the last thing you want to do is be blindsided and think everything's going well, and it's really not. So that's kind of what happened to me. Uh, that is my learning uh, this week, that I need to uh, check, uh, check in more and force the issue, if necessary, to get some feedback. So. Yeah, that's my takeaway. That's a great that's a great thing to mention too because I think, you know, as a as a service provider, I think you you tend to focus on like, well, if my work is good and, you know, I'm doing the best job that I can, I'm giving people good work, then that's going to stand on its own and it's going to be good enough and you can just cannot neglect that interpersonal kind of relationship and like you said, checking the temperature, making sure everybody's good, getting an understanding of where your client is at in terms of what struggles are they having or stressors are they having and how can you kind of jump in the mix and help them out. So, for me, I have recently, and I've talked about this on my content, but I've recently kind of reinvigorated my uh, fitness, uh, paying attention to my fitness, taking care of my body, eating well, prioritizing my sleep. And so one of the things that I think transfers over very well from my fitness journey to my entrepreneurial work is that I have really and truly learned that consistency over intensity always matters and will always nice win over everything else. So what I mean by this is if I go in the gym and I kill myself and I do a crazy hit workout and I'm doing squats and I'm lifting heavy weights and I just go ham, that's great. But if I'm wrecked for the next three days because I did that, then, you know, it really, well, good is that's it. not going to move the needle. And right. it's the same thing. So it's, you know, when, with my business, I can either let everything pile up and I can sit there and work for 13 hours on any given day, or I can work all weekend, or I can make sure that I'm managing my time wisely. And then I'm chipping away at something every single day that I'm doing something to move the needle every day. So with that said, we're going to let our guest Adam jump in and tell us what he's learned about you know, through his journey this week as an entrepreneur. But first I want to introduce him. So Adam Posner is the founder and managing director at NHP Talent Group. It's a boutique New York-based staffing firm. He specializes in talent acquisition for senior level roles in digital marketing, media, product, and content creation at startups and creative agencies and brands. But the biggest thing of all, he's also the host of the podcast, which you guys definitely have to check out. Thank you, thank you. Fire. And I'll be on next week. Adam is coming from, he, so he's a recruiter, but he's also coming from a, a background of working in the advertising and marketing industry. He's worked with people like American Express, Sirius, VaynerMedia, EP and Co, and Verizon, Pepsi. So he's actually been around the block. So what he's bringing to the table is not only an understanding of the traditional 
job search realm, but he also understands it from more of this content creation, media, you know, marketing kind of realm. And what Adam seeks to do is to help you harness your inner tenacity to drive your career forward. So with all that said, what did you learn this week, Adam? First, thank you for that wonderful introduction. I certainly appreciate it and really looking forward to having Joe on the podcast this week. And I love speaking with folks like yourself because we're all kind of in the same boat here. We're all entrepreneurs. We have our own company. We have our own um, businesses. And what we're doing is we're, we're, it, it's, we have no one to rely on but ourselves. It's zero fail. And ultimately, our success is dependent on us. And I think we could all agree on that. So there's a lot of lessons to be learned. And it's okay to make mistakes, but you have to learn and grow from them. And going back to what Joe was talking about before, it really comes down to managing expectations. And I think that is the cornerstone of account management and relationship management. Sure. Always be managing expectations. Mm -hmm. Under promise, over deliver. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. And if you stick to that mantra and you're consistently checking in, you know things are gonna go well. And Ash, you said something really important too. Sometimes we kind of are moving really fast and we're always thinking, hey, listen, the work is good. No one's complaining. That means it's all good. And that is a giant mistake. Mm -hmm. Don't mistake silence for success. Mm -hmm. right? like just don't, don't mistake silence that things are going well because it's the complete opposite as Joe was I'm talking about before, right. right? So going to my lesson this week, and, and it's a lesson that comes pretty much all the time. It's really just to be adaptable and roll with the punches. We had a candidate flying in um, from the West Coast and with the weather pattern I was talking about earlier before we jumped on the call, his travel schedule just got screwed up. He got stuck in Richmond, yada, yada. And we had to maneuver an entire schedule yesterday of senior level executives and really move mountains to get this done. And it really showed people cooperating. And most importantly, certain companies that prioritize hiring, they understand what needs to get done. So kudos to that. And just taking a deep breath and some things are out of your control. You can't mm -hmm. control the weather. No, you certainly can't. Thank you for that. And so with that said, I'm going to jump in. I've, I've pulled together some really great questions for you. I've spent like the past few days stalking you and everything that you're doing. And so, that's what so, we do. Yeah. I'm a professional stalker. I promise you. Professional. God, Carrie. I get paid for it. Right. And me as a copywriter too. It's the same thing. It's like, I'm going to stalk all of your customers hard. <laughs> So Adam, you're someone who I'd consider an active member of the LinkedIn community. You're out there, you're engaging with everybody, you're commenting on people's posts, and you're putting out regular content. But you're more than someone who just showed up one day and started making content, right? So you come from the recruiting world, and but I also love that you're an entrepreneur who's who's so closely involved with that traditional corporate world. So you're kind of able to live in both, you know, have your feet in both realms. And LinkedIn is a great place for, for entrepreneurs and people building a brand and starting companies from scratch. But what is your advice for the other people? What about someone who wants to just fill a traditional role in a company, but they, but they realize that like they're missing out on something by just having a static resume type of profile and right. not really jumping in. So what's right those people. Absolutely. And I think it comes down to establishing yourself as a thought leader, a subject matter expert in your particular niche, right? Whether it be long form articles on LinkedIn, which I think are completely underrated. True. Some people like to write, some people feel more comfortable behind the keyboard than in front of the camera. I know I was that way for a long time and I still love to write and I miss doing that. And I do a lot of that writing too when I prep for my show and it feels good. So it's about putting yourself out there. So if I'm a recruiter and I'm looking you up, and it's a senior level role, like director level and above. And I see that you're putting out content, whether it be video, whether it be you know talking about your industry event, what's happening, trends in your marketplace. I see that you're involved and that you care. And then you're not just a static 
resume and a static candidate. I Adam, love that. So I see a lot of senior level executives still mm -hmm. have not got it, right? They still do not create content. They're barely on LinkedIn. A lot of their LinkedIn profiles are just, right, there's no picture or whatever. I mean, do you see a lot of that? And do you kind of try to coach uh, specific candidates up going, you have to get, get in the digital world here? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, I, and I think as you climb that corporate ladder um, with seniority, that the content gets less and less. And I think it's a, it's a function of two things. One, I think it's, I hate to say it, it's, I think it, it's a function of, you know, age, right? Like you're spending mm -hmm. less time on the platform and time. Right. You're a more senior level executive. You're more involved with your family. You're more involved with your work and you don't have the time. It's just, it's just a fact, right? You right. don't have the time. But if you're committed to that job search and that next step, you have to make the time because that's where the eyeballs are and that's where the recruiters and that's where the hiring managers are looking. And that's, you know, really what I say to people too, is like to get yourself comfortable because I think it feels, it feels incredibly uncomfortable for somebody who's looking for a job. So they're not trying to be an influencer. They're not trying to build a company out of the content they're creating. It's really scary for them because they don't want to put like putting themselves out there in the job search is enough, but now I have the wrong stuff out there. Yeah. And you know, what I see a lot is people will just curate content. So they might share articles, which is great. But again, you, you and I, we all know as content creators, like how often do those shares get any engagement? You know, none. Yeah. And I think it's a good mix too. And, and going back to a Gary Vaynerism, right? It, it's a mix of being a DJ and a curator. It's okay to DJ and share content as long as you're adding your point of view and insight to it. There's nothing worse than just a share with no context to it. Well, there's nothing worse with a share and somebody copies the summary from that article and puts it on the top. That's just lazy shit. Like yeah, don't right. even bother with that add value. And Joe and I talk about this all the time, especially on LinkedIn. <laughs> you see it happening. Always be adding value. Enough with the me, me, me. And fast food the content, my friend. Right, exactly. It Laps has to be that. So hopefully it does well, you know? And Ash, you made a really interesting point. Like people are scared about what to put up there. And I think it, you start with baby steps. Yeah. You can start with sharing an article and adding a couple of sentences of your right. point of view. And especially if you're a senior leader and you think about it from like kind of like that financial like, analyst kind of point of view, right? Here's what's happening in the market. Here's a trend that we're seeing. Here's a potential impact to it. Like three or four sentences. Yep. Digestible, bite-sized information. Try right. it. Yeah, and then go from that to maybe, like you said, maybe you attend an industry event and you create a tiny little thought post on, you know, here at this event right. today, here's my takeaways. And you get more and more comfortable as you go along. And this right. is something that we've talked about a million times, you know, with our last guest, Brian, now you, you know, the more you do it, the less afraid you are and the less right. uncomfortable you are and uncertain of yourself. And so, you know, yeah. to segue on that, you know, we're talking about essentially, you know, there's people out there really hard, going hard on building a personal brand. Do you think that the personal brand is only for the person who ha who's an entrepreneur who's building a company? Or do you think it makes sense for a traditional job seeker to focus on that personal brand? Yeah, I think it all comes down to ensuring that you have a story to tell first. Right. What are you putting out there? Is this just, you know, a video of me mowing my lawn or is it me like really telling a value add story? Telling people about what I do, how I help people how I could add value, how we could find synergies. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes down to, you know, those baby steps. If you want to be present on LinkedIn, if you want to be noticed, if you want to have visibility, you have to put yourself out there. It really is. You can't just be lurking all day. So especially I think in the corporate space that you need to establish a personal brand because we all know that horrible term perception is reality. Yep. Right. So a quick, quick story. So my, one of my last corporate positions, uh, the VP said to me, what is your, you know, what's your brand? What's your brand in the company? How do other people see you? And uh, my situation wasn't going great. So I wanted to see what other people thought rather than just my direct manager. 
and, you know, senior level, people I work on day-to-day basis, teammates on my team and so forth. And over, overall, it was pretty, you know, great feedback, right, to the point where the only people said that you just need to take more control of the situation. But sometimes when you get hit so many times, you just not in there as much, right? You just don't. Yeah, punch you know, what's up or down, right? Um, and then I was told by, you know, my manager at the time that the only reason you ask people in the field that I dealt with every day at the store level, uh, what they wanted, you know, uh, what their take was, was because you knew it was going to be positive. And I'm like, those are my customers. What do you, I, what do you want me to do? I, I don't get it. But I'm asking the people I serve. Mm-hmm. So that's my personal brand, you know, more than anything. So that's what sometimes with the corporate and the field level are not in the same w- wavelength. You know what I mean? So um, it was, that was great feedback. And I think, you know, to your point, you needed from corporate life, entrepreneurial life, just as we talked about too, day to day, things like that. So I don't, I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot too. The, the term personal brand, mm-hmm. right? Personal brand. Like I, I don't show, I, I show my true self everywhere. Like mm-hmm. what you see is what you get here, but you're not seeing, there's a lot of stuff that we all keep private, right? right. So the, the term personal brand, I mean, it's kind of a blend too, because my business is, is me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I struggle sometimes with finding that balance between, you know, showing my true self, showing my business sense, you know, expanding my network. And, and that's why for me, you know, I use my podcast, the podcast as my canvas, mm-hmm. my canvas to, to bring value by my network. And, and I'm quoting somebody on this. My network is my net worth. And that's really true. You know, I've spent, you know, 17, 18 years building that network. And now I'm able to curate folks like yourself, Joe, and people that I've met that have stories to tell and add value. And that's why I'm putting content back, you know, out to everybody. And that's right. the explosion of podcasts right now. So some people are just more comfortable doing that to represent their, their personal brand. Yeah. So just and find now, your happy place. You know, so you, when, when did you, you know start to realize that, that like, you know, there was, there was things happening on LinkedIn, things were starting to change, you know, because I mean, from the recruiting world, LinkedIn's probably are, been in your arsenal for yeah. forever. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you I'll give you a quick timeline here. So I've been it's funny, you could actually look on LinkedIn, if you go to your account and see when you you first signed on and I was signed on in April of 2006. Wow. Right? I've been on this platform for a long time. And I always laugh when people are like, you know, humble bragging about their follower count. Right? And there's people that have been on for a year, and they already have like 20,000 followers or connections and everything. But I'm like, it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. You know, I could take my almost 10,000, you know, connections, and I could say, I can say roughly speaking right now that I would say at least half of them, I could tell you how I'm connected to them, where we connected, where we had some kind of, you know, relationship, right? 5,000 people over the course of 13 years. And that's really because a, I, I value relationships. I nurture them. I cultivate them. And then four years ago when I pivoted into recruiting, I mean, that's my platform, yeah. right? I can tell you where the candidates are from, where I've placed them, where we've had conversations. So I really think it's critical for people to, to focus on the quality um, and not the quantity, but it's interesting when you look at that perspective from a, from a timeline, for me, it kind of hit home. It's really recent. It was really around November. It was Thanksgiving of last year when I saw the platform take this incredible switch when video really went, went apeshit, right? Where, where it went completely, you know, Got gangbusters. Bananas. And that is when I saw two things happening. One, I saw people who really bring value, embrace it and do it the right way. And then I saw a second thing. I saw a migration of I, I really hate to go self-appointed down. influencers. self-appointed influencers coming from other platforms, whether it be YouTube, Snapchat, Instagram, that saw this as the wild west, a brand new frontier. Right? They were crossing the Mississippi. It was the gold rush and they just wanted the eyeballs. And Manifest me, that, destiny. That irks my soul and oh, everything yeah. about me. And 
we're finding that balance right now. Like uh, you're just famous, but nobody really knows why you're famous. Right. And your lamp is going to burn out. Right. I mean, I'm not even going to get into it. One of my biggest pet peeves, uh, dude, is when people put influencer in their, either their job description, their headline, where like, no, we, it's like your audience is the one who determines if you are an influencer. If you provide well, value, think, unless you're the king of queens, right? I yeah. Think, yeah. I think that that's strategic, though. You know, I think people tend mm. to do that because I agree to a point. they want to be approached to get some kind of deal to leverage their their community. That's a whole thing. Search, maybe. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a monetizing element too, and it's the same thing too when people are like, you know, best selling author or five times speaker. It's, it's self serving. It's such a dirty word, you know, because I like I said, a lot of people abuse it. I've seen a lot of things in the news. Where people just spend thousands of dollars thinking they could just buy their persona, yep. buy their and buy their place on social media, and they go nowhere, right? But I, I, again, I, yeah, again, I think it's just the whole, you know, if you provide value, the falling will come, right? Yeah. It's not like again, we talked to Adam, you and I rant a lot about this, uh, about the fast food content, like slapping up someone else's video, doesn't really show me initiative. I mean, initiatives is like if you're creating it, you're talking about it. And so forth. I've even talked to people who said, well, I'm now adding it to my game. I actually did experiment one thing. So I don't know if you saw the post with my son I just did recently about yep. being a kid. So one of my, one of my, I put it on Facebook and my friend, uh, friends is like, well, this thing could go viral because that's just a great picture. And it, I'm like, I did it for, because it did bring value because that's who I am as a person. I didn't make up that shit. That's who I am. I'm kind of value answer. happy go lucky value answer. Happy go lucky guy, you know, try, you know, after having cancer and being laid off. I don't sweat the small shit, man, anymore. I just can't, you know, it's not worth it. Right. But you know, it did, t but it did, it did show, but that thing is that no one, that's my kid. So it's not like a rando kid that I just grab, so grab up. <laughs> it's not a clip art kid. Right? I know. It's like, <laughs> well, I, saw that, I saw that kid on five different websites, yeah. but you, you know what I mean? Like if you doing it and there's value behind it, that's okay. If it's not like, because I it tends that those do better than me talking about social media practices. I've done those and those go nowhere. It's it's frustrating, man. As a content creator and someone who puts a lot of time, effort, and resources into my content, it's frustrating when I see literally zero value add content or like inspirational messages or reshares, just getting boatloads of attention. And you know, I don't want to go down the path of you know the engagement pods and how that's screwing up the whole system and everything. But you know, how do we flip that? How do we be positive? And for me, that's staying down the course and sticking to my path of creating value add content. I know the people that want it are going to find right. it. I'm going to try to find them and I'm going to keep pushing through and be positive because I think that the energy that you put out there comes back to you. We had and that same positive uh, connection right. day, remember? Right. We had that day where I think it was like a couple, like it was before I went away, I was away, I was over in Europe and, and right before that I was super negative. I'll be honest with you guys. I was yeah, feeling really crappy about my engagement. I was feeling really crappy about the views and everything. And it wasn't so much about the number count per se, I was more upset that people weren't seeing this. Yeah, that's my whole point. Right? I don't give a shit about the numbers. I care about people getting value from it. And I was getting really upset because I saw all these posts from people that I know are hacking away at it yep. with garbage content. Yep. And it and it frustrated me. And I Joe and I were talking offline and we were, you know, we were we were venting about it to each other. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna go away, I'm gonna refresh myself. And I came back and I came back super positive. And I said, you know what? I'm just gonna stay the course. And let nature weed out, you know, the garbage. Consistency over intensity, right? Because it's the same thing. It's you know, these people are going for the intensity. They're going to leverage some kind of energy or momentum that's already happening. Right. They're kind of getting in downstream, and they're kind of riding that flow. But again, that's going to short term. Ash. Be a waterfall at some. You hit the dam at some point. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to hit the wall of authenticity. Yeah. And people, people are going to realize it that it's bullshit. And then and then you're not backing it up with substance. Right. 
Now, like you're talking thing. about all these things and like, it also hurts me when I see people talking about mental health and they're pulling out things that like, yes, it's important, but you're pulling at people's heartstrings. Like what's your intention? Intention is everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you're doing it, for, uh, if you're doing that for the right reasons, intention. I mean, I, I did a post before bo- talked about being bullied as a kid and thinking about doing the ultimate bad thing to myself and all this. And I had people actually say that, you know, that really, that really struck home for me, man. I really appreciate that. That really helped me get through something I was thinking about and all this stuff. So that's okay because you're telling a story, a life story, like you're sharing what you went through. Because I know people, and I think Ashton, we even talked about this that's too. That's fair. You know, people say, hey, you know, that's in the past, but I use it like this. I'm good with analogies. It's like rings of a tree. If there are no inner rings, there are no outer rings. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's who you are. It's, a, it's who you are, and it's how you grow from those experiences. Well, and it's. You know, it's also ahead. sprinkled amongst your value add content. Yes. That's yeah. not your, like, you're not banging that drum all day. Right, long. not all the time, no. And yeah. sometimes it's just important that you want to put it out there because you turn back around and realize where you've come from and you're like, well, shit, you know, if somebody is in that, three, you know, Joe Gale two years ago, I want to help him get out of that, you know? Right. Not that it People was- can relate to it. It's yeah. relate. It's relatable, right. and I think Joe, Joe, and Ash too. I think you both of you do a tremendous job of being real and being personable and being authentic, and that's that's okay. what I love most about the, you know the two of you and your brands because it shows through. And I'm listen. Joe. I'm not naming names here, but we, we can look at LinkedIn all day long, and it's very clear of people that are just Coaches, trying to hack it. Gurus. Well, here's the thing too. This is actually a perfect segue, and I, I think this is probably like this is something I'm really kind of it feels important for me to talk about. So you know. That's exactly what it is. I think that people in general as a whole, people are now understanding the value of building a community on the internet. And they're also understanding the value of building an audience full of eyes. They understand that if you get the eyes that eventually somebody might pay you to be able to use those eyes, right? But the thing is, is that what I, what's really, really I'm struggling with is that I am seeing people who generally they come on LinkedIn, they see the people who are getting massive engagement, they see the people who are pushing content, pushing content like crazy every single day. They they want to be like that. They they think that that person has some kind of secret key to the city. Yeah, they're cool. And what ends up happening is they're paying these LinkedIn trainers to teach them how to do lead generation on the platform. And to be quite honest with you, and I the only reason I know this is because I have actually decided to be part of certain groups just to see what it's all about and the the tactics that they are teaching people are the same things that everybody else is pissing it's pissing people off so they're telling people you need to follow up with every single person that likes your post and you need to send them a sales message (laughs) and that is the easiest way for you to get blocked i made a post about this earlier in the week so what are your thoughts on this adam how can somebody do lead generation authentically in your mind, just from your perspective, you know, somebody who's just a regular Joe. It comes down to, it comes down to one simple thing. Nothing worthwhile is easy. There's no hacks to it. It comes down to developing a relationship and understanding your customer's business across any line of business. True. So it's about establishing, there's nothing, I mean, we, we could all agree here. There's nothing worse. And you see that connection request come in. You're like, I know the second, literally the second I hit that button, I'm going to get that message right into my inbox. Then I'm going to block them or delete them. There's nothing worse. Take the time. In sales, there's no quick fix. Take the time, find your audience, make sure it's relevant. I can't even tell you how many times people message me all day with the most irrelevant messages. <laughs> the best is when I get other recruiters trying to recruit me for old jobs that I used to do in the marketing world. Like, you haven't seen my LinkedIn in the last four years? I'm like, come on, dude. But it comes down to relevance and establishing a relationship. Get to know somebody, get to know their business. Try to figure, like, you know, I always go back to this too. Time is our most valuable asset. Mm-hmm. It cannot be 
increase. It cannot be duplicated. It cannot be replicated. You know, it's, it's a limited resource. So when you're asking somebody for their time, that sometimes is a lot more valuable than asking for money right. or something else. Oh, right. Right. So you, you have know, to think about it when you're, when, just want to finish this off. When you're, when you're trying to engage someone from a sales perspective, be mindful of that. Make sure you're asking the right questions, that you're establishing the relationship and play the long game. Things aren't going to, I'm not going to turn around uh, and long game. dollars for leads. Amen, right? long game. <laughs> play the long game. That's my whole, my well, whole world is long game, man. Well, one quick thing. I know, Ashley, I'm, I'm jumping over you. No, um, the, the thing is, is like now because of technology, everybody thinks that instant gratification, I'm going to make money. Everything's going to happen in seconds. It doesn't work that way. It actually works the opposite way because there's so much out there now that it's, you know, you got so much gray out there. Everything's, you know, there's so much in your filter or your funnel, if you will, and it's hard to sort through it. So it's one of those things, like you just said, Adam, it's the relationship building. It's getting to know somebody and showing them that you give a shit. Bottom line, that's that's the that's the secret sauce. The yeah, the quickest the quickest way I think we could all agree to this. I mean, I literally, I I have been block not blocking, but I've been ignoring a majority of connection requests as of the last couple of months because it's not worth it because it's going to flood my feed and waste my time. Yeah, that's what I do. That's if right. I see a sales message in your, I, I do recommend, and I think we could all agree to this. When you reach out to LinkedIn contacts, customize your message. Yep. Customize it. That's tip. Free tip of the day. Customize it and be relevant. And by being relevant, that means also don't screw it up by giving me a crappy, irrelevant message too, because that's the quickest way for me to ignore you. Yeah. And you know what? I think I share this not because it's going to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but I swear I'm not trying to. Toot away. Here's your humble brag of the day. You get one per day. Two. Two. I do not. People reach out to me for business. I do not ever, ever, ever message anybody it doesn't matter how long we've been connected i have never ever on this platform messaged somebody and says hey do you need a website do you need a, can i do your copy i'm telling you guys because i just want you to understand that like people are going to make you think that they have some kind of secret and then get you to pay them to get that secret mm -hmm. but really at the end of the day what i focus on on this platform and it's working for me and maybe it doesn't work for every single business or product or whatever but all i do is focus on putting myself out there sharing what i know sharing my expertise answering my dms commenting meaningfully on the people that connect and keep the business comes to me and my and lead or LinkedIn is my, my primary lead generation platform outside of, you know, personal referrals. And so I just say that so that people can understand, like there is no secret sauce. And yes, I do like, I do reach out to people, but it's for things like this, collaborations, podcasts, right. conversations. If I see somebody I can pass a referral to, maybe I jump on the phone and get to know them a little bit better so I can pass them business. That's yeah, how the collective was formed. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a quick, it's a quick fix. It's that instant gratification and it comes, you hit the nail on the head. It's about establishing relationships and rapport don't go for that hard sell right you know going back to the gary Veeism of you know the the jab jab hook right people just oh, go yeah. for the hooks right away here right and it doesn't work you have to build it up and there's so many it's, it's this false profit thing that that's going on right now everybody thinks it's instant gratification all these gurus out there that are teaching these hacks and it's throwing everyone off people are quitting their jobs Everything. thinking that they can monetize on linkedin and listen, it's a very small yeah. percentage of people that are successful Right. Like you look at like, you know, the, the, the MLM schemes that are out there right now, I'm not going to drop names of them, but like, you know, it's only that top 1% of the pyramid that are crushing it. And the people on the bottom, they're struggling, yeah. man.
And it's not even just that. It's the people, you know, oftentimes you have to be careful too. Like you have to be careful about what you mean by somebody is successful. Just because they have 20,000 followers and 600 likes on on LinkedIn does not mean that they're not living paycheck to paycheck. What, 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 what does success mean? I mean, that that's that's different from, for everybody, right? And I think it comes down to, you know, what you want to get out of the platform. And for me, I'm a recruiter. So my brand is important. I want clients to trust me to see that I'm a thought leader, that I'm active on LinkedIn, that I'm engaging with my demographic, right? Like, this is my audience. I'm engaging in the digital marketing world. I'm connected to senior level, mid-level, entry level, kids coming out of school. It doesn't matter if you're in that digital marketing media universe. I want people to recognize my name, my mug, even my, my cartoon face, my hat, my logo, right? Like that's my brand. And that's what I use LinkedIn for, for branding. And it's yeah. not the hard sell. That's the long game soft sell. So when I reach out to you, whether you're a potential client and I'm looking to engage business or you're a candidate, there's that name and brand recognition. That's how I use it. So final question, just to bring it back around, Adam, books, podcasts, Stranger Things, what's influencing <laughs> you right now? What are you filling your head with at this moment? Yeah, absolutely. I, I am, I am, you know, head deep into summer. I love summer. I love spending it with my kids. I love, you know, just being outside in the pool and everything. But right now I'm focused on the podcast. It's incredible. So everyone check it out. Uh, we'll have the links below. It's on Anchor, the podcast. It's on all the major platforms. Joe Gill coming up in a couple of weeks. Some other amazing oh, yeah. value answers. We have Bobby Umar coming up. We have Jill Katz, uh, Austin Belkak, who's awesome. I can't wait for you guys to hear that one. Um, and more importantly, like I really just urge everybody, do what we're doing now. Take your online, offline. Establish those connections, yes. mm-hmm. right? And really, really find, like, you're struggling in something, find inspiration. Find whatever that is to drive your tenacity. And I use that word tenacity. Joe has tenacity. Ashley has tenacity. And that's, why we're, and that's why we're crushing it. That's right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Adam. Well, so well, one quick thing. We have to have, Adam, you ask us a question. That's right. That's right. Don't you worry. ask us one question. It could be the same question for both. Yep. That's fine. Well, Joe, Brian, I, just to let you know, Brian asked us last week what our favorite restaurant was. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be business oriented. It could be anything. No, that's fine, Joe. And I, and I asked you this question on our podcast. So I'm going to go to Ashley here. Joe, okay. I, yeah, Ashley, I ask this question to every, can, every person that comes on the podcast. When things are going great for you, when things are going not so well, when you need to be lifted up and you need to show gratitude, what's your North Star? What do you look to? What what do I look to when I need to be lifted up? Honestly, my my husband is is my partner in crime, man. He is the only human being on the world who truly truly understands me at like a you know like a vibe like just we just vibrate on the same frequency type of thing. And so I have to say, my husband and my family are definitely my my north stars. And I'm also a person who. You know, I'm, I'm like that weird person who toes the line between extrovert and introvert. And so right. when I need to refill my well, I actually like to disconnect and just, you know, silence, quiet. That's my thing. You know, that's how I fill myself back up. So I love it. Thank you. Thanks for having yeah. me on, guys. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, blast. No, and everybody, like, like I said before, I spent uh, uh, quite a bit of time stalking Adam's podcast and listening to pretty much every episode he has. And I'm telling you, it's fire. Please get on there and listen to that bad boy. Yeah, hit that subscribe button. Thank you so Thank much, you. Adam. You have a guys, great- Adam, thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.